Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Koi Detmer episode. Episode 10, the first minor, minor Super minor milestone here for the Grease Paul podcast. We have reached double digits, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, baby steps, but a milestone nonetheless. So, uh, yay. Raise a glass at uh, 1.30 in the afternoon as I record this. It's never too early to tip one back, right, especially on a Monday. Welcome. Appreciate you joining us. Hope you had a, uh, a nice weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And uh, follow the show, as always, at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So after going off the air last week, right after episode nine, um, news broke of Brendan Brooks, uh, all-pro level guard for the Eagles, who tore his ACL in a workout. And it, it's, here we go again with the injury bug again, right? We haven't even, we're not even, we're still in the middle of a fucking pandemic and we have an injury already. So here continues the theme from last season. And this is just about the worst injury you could have. You know, you can, you know, receiver depth, things like that. You can, you can, I mean, I guess if Alshon Jeffries dinged up, yeah, it's a bummer. But you still got dudes. Losing an all-pro level guard, one of the best guards in the NFL, you know, that that's a huge that it, it doesn't get any more important than protecting Carson, point blank. So Brandon Brooks blows his ACL out during a workout, and immediately, personally, I'm wondering what the hell Howie Roseman is doing. Why haven't immediately Larry Warford should have been signed, in my opinion, three-time Pro Bowl guard, third rounder in the 2013 draft out of Kentucky. He's a three-time Pro Bowl guard. The Saints released him a few months ago. Now, he's one of these guys, I think, if 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 the offseason hasn't been or hadn't been what it what has been with the COVID-19 pandemic, I think Warford probably already would have been signed. I think this is just kind of one of those deals where it's difficult to bring a guy in. Obviously, you can't get your, you know, your your medical squad to look at him, things of that nature. It's it's not a typical offseason, so I think that's probably why he's still hanging out there. But re- regardless, for a three-time Pro Bowl-level guard at the age of 29, he's still fairly young. Not like this is Trent Williams. Not like he's Jason Peters, who I love. Just said last week he should have his number retired. But at this point, Jason Peters is what he is. I don't want to hear bring back Jason Peters, kick Andre Dillard in a guard, get the hell out of here. Larry Warford's a three-time Pro Bowl guard. He's out there. The cap space, we have it. 
Overpay him if you have to. You can't you can't afford to go cheap when it comes to protecting Wentz. You can't. That's not an area you can go cheap on. Protecting your quarterback that again everybody says is injury prone, even though he's only missed eight regular season games in four years. Not that bad. But that's not an area where you can afford to go cheap. Keeping your franchise upright. So I've been waiting every single day since last Monday. It's been one week. Every single day I've been, okay, where is it? Where's Larry Warford? He's still out there. Still out there. No replacement's been signed. There are rumors now, uh, per Albert Breer, that the Eagles are interested in Joe Tooney, who is now playing on a franchise tag in New England. And that that's fine. I would absolutely take Joe Tooney. But when you're talking about a player that's on a franchise tag, obviously, so he's New England has the rights to him. He's not just a free agent. You have to give up assets to acquire Joe Tooney. I don't I don't understand why this team is always so willing to give up assets when you have a guy out there of Larry Warford's caliber who's just hanging out there. You don't have to give up anything to, to sign him. You just have to sign him and pay him. Joe Tooney's under that franchise tag. That's money. Not only that, but again, you have to give assets to New England. Draft picks. You really want to part ways with draft picks? Again? We do this all the time. Every year, I feel like we're dealing away draft picks for people. Now, again, like I just said, you can't afford to go. I would rather take Joe Tooney and give up a, a third or fourth rounder for him than just being okay with rolling with Matt Pryor, who was a six-round pick, I think, in 2018. And I get having – if you're the organization, if you're Harry Roseman, if you're Doug Peterson, I completely understand having faith in your development of players. I absolutely understand that, especially when it comes on the offensive side of the ball. But again, this is a guy who's barely played. You have a quarterback who you have to protect. You have to keep him upright. He is the fucking franchise. You can't, I'm not okay knowing that there's, you know, guys like Larry Warford out there, Ronald Leary, even, you know, formerly of Denver, when you can go and bring those guys in. I'm okay with Matt Pryor as a death piece. Do I want him starting 16 games? No. You know, you can't you can't go cheap when it comes to protecting your quarterback. Look at the look at teams with bad offensive lines and what that gets them. You know, it, it especially yeah, a quarterback like Carson that has taken hits, that has had unfortunate injuries in his career. You really want to go cheap there? Personally, I'm looking at the route I can take and bring in the best player, best investment on return while keeping every single asset I have. Because again, you're going to have to flip this roster. You're going to have to keep this roster young for Carson Wentz for his entire career. You see what youth around a quarterback has done for Brady, you know, when he was in New England, Breeze in New Orleans. It, it, it You have to keep, you got to, it's a cycle. You can't just deal away draft picks like they're, you know, like they're spare change. It's not going to work. But that said, if, 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 if you're going to give away a pick, for Joe Tooney, that versus Matt Pryor, what the hell? Give away a pick. I just think when you got a guy like Larry Warford out there, you sign him because you don't have to give up a damn thing. That said now, the hot rumor is Jamal Adams has come out, safety for the New York Jets. <clears throat> and I love Jamal Adams. I love Jamal Adams. He he come he can cover like a corner, hits like a linebacker, phenomenal in the box. Jamal Adams is a monster. Great, great safety. One of the best to do it. 
he has come out and said he wants a trade, and he's got seven teams that he will accept a trade to. One of them is the Birds. Now, keep in mind with Jamal Williams, as great as that sounds, what I you just asked me the question in a vacuum, would you like to have Jamal Williams on your team? Fuck yeah, absolutely. But let's let's consider everything that goes into play here, okay? For one, <clears throat> are you going to be able to get a long-term deal done with Jamal Adams? Okay? More than likely, yeah, possibly. And I get losing Ma- Malcolm Jenkins, and we've, we've discussed that, what a big hit that is, especially in the locker room, off the field, in addition to on the field. But you keep Rodney McLeod. You kick Jalen Mills back to safety. You bring in Will Parks, a Philly guy. You draft Kayvon Wallace in the fourth round out of Clemson. I'm okay with that for a year. I'm okay with that. If you start talking Jamal Adams, and I think at the end of the day, it would probably be a situation if you're Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets, you're Howie Roseman's protege. If you could deal Jamal Adams to any one of those seven teams, why wouldn't it be your former team? Hey, I'll help you guys out. You know what I mean? There's been a plenty of history of the Birds and the Jets doing business together. They play each other the last preseason game of the year every single year, the Eagles and the Jets do. There's a symbiotic relationship between these organizations. So I think if Joe Douglas had a gun to his head, hey, where would you like to shoot Jamal Adams? Where would you like to shoot Jamal Adams? Wow, that came out terribly. Where would you like to send Jamal Adams of these seven teams? He would more than likely want to send him to his, you know, Howie Roseman. But you see all these all these trade scenarios. And again, I get we're all in the content business and we're in the offseason. There's a pandemic going on, so everybody's kind of grasping at straws to kind of put stuff out. But look, I don't know that there's anything uh, more more brutal and more pointless outside of uh, draft grades and things of that nature and predicting records as soon as the schedule comes out. These hypothetical trade scenarios of would you, you know, would you would you send Zach Ertz in a first rounder in next year's draft to the Jets for for Jamal Adams in a in a fourth rounder next year's draft? Get the hell out of here, man! It, it, it first of all, again, it goes back to like we were saying with with. Joe Tooney, and again, this is just my opinion, Joe Tooney versus Larry Warford in terms of what what do you do with guard now that Brandon Brooks is out. I'm I'm not I'm looking at every other option possible before I give up assets. Giving up assets should be your last possible, your last resort. Because you want to keep your team as viable as possible. Now, again, in situations like Darius Slay, when you get a shutdown corner and it's a massive need on this team, I get it. Take take the third rounder, please. You know what I mean? But is Jamal Adams really, is it really a fucking dire need? Really? Is it a dire need? Because, and I understand when you have, when you have a guy that's played in the history of the franchise, when you have Brian Dawkins, kind of his ghost over the organization, and rightly so because he's one of the best safeties ever play. In my opinion, he's the best eagle of all time. The GOAT Weapon X. You there's a precedent for a safety position with this fan base. So there's kind of if you look at it, Jam I can see where somebody would go, man, we bring in Jamal Adams, we got that Dawkins dynamic back. Yeah, you do. But you're also gonna have to pay him. You're also gonna have to give up a lot to get him. A lot. 
You know, is Jamal Adams really is he worth a first rounder? Ask yourself that. And a lot of people probably say yes. And if it's one of those things if you know where you're picking, may I mean, yeah, like if 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 you know for a fact you're gonna be picking twenty seventh in next year's draft, fuck it, send the first rounder away. Because you're not probably not gonna get a player of Jamal Adams caliber with the twenty seventh pick, hypothetically. But who knows? Maybe there's another injury plagued season like last year. Brandon Brooks has already gone down. Maybe you go six and ten, you're picking in the top ten, top twelve. You really want to give up that high of a pick? You know, that's my thing. And I'm not saying that you think you're going to go 6-10. and 10. I don't think that's the case. But look at what you're going to be giving up for a guy like Jamal Adams. You're going to have to pay him. And there's just there's bigger needs on this team. Would you rather have when – and, again, I get the departure of Malcolm Jenkins. I believe that matters more off the field and in the locker room than on the field, personally, in terms of X's and O's. Malcolm Jenkins is gone, yes, but you have Rodney McLeod back, Jalen Mills, Kayvon Wallace, love that fourth-round pick this year, and you also brought in Will Parks from Denver. You've got that group at safety. <clears throat> okay, is there anybody in there of Jamal Adams, you know, of his caliber? Absolutely not, but it's a sum of the parts. We don't know how Jalen Mills is going to look at safety yet. Kayvon Wallace, I think, is going to be a hell of a draft pick, and Rodney McLeod's not bad. Will Parks to have as a third, fourth safety is also viable. So you look at that group. That, to me, is not a need of this team. I would – linebackers are a way bigger need. Nothing at this point, to me, is more important than protecting your franchise quarterback that you just paid a shit ton of money to. They've got you – that dragged this team, this corpse of a roster, to the playoffs last year. And for my money, would have even beaten Seattle in the playoffs had it not been for Jadavian Clowney just knocking his head into the dirt and concussing him. If it weren't for that, Carson even gets a playoff win, in my opinion, with that roster. You have to protect that guy. You have to. That is far and away. If Brandon Brooks doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't tear his ACL, maybe I'm willing to kind of entertain the Jamal Adams shit a little bit. Maybe. But you look at impact. Your 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 priorities in this game, the most the things you have to best be able to do in 2020 in the game of football. You have to protect your quarterback first and foremost. And you have to be able to get after the other team's quarterback. Okay, this front seven, more so the defensive line, not the front seven. Like we just said, the linebackers need to be, you know, needs to be some attention paid there. I do love the picks, you know, Sean Bradley, Davion Taylor in the draft. I think it'll be better than last year, but it's still a work in progress. You look at this defensive line, it's the strength of this team. You can, this team can get after the other team's quarterback. Now you have to protect Carson. And that hasn't been an issue. But when you lose a player like Brandon Brooks, it is a – you can't – it's it's not – you can lose a guy like Alshon Jeffrey and plug in a Greg Ward. Yeah, it's 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 not ideal. But it's, it's really hard to replace an all-pro level talent on the offensive line. It's really hard. And, again, for the life of me, I don't know why there's a three-time Pro Bowler just sitting out there unemployed. All you got to do is make a phone call if you're Howie Roseman. That's it. That's all you have to do. Boom. Problem solved for a year. Hey, how much you want? We'll give it to you for one year. 
10 million, yeah, we're overpaying you, but we think we have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl with this team. We have to protect our quarterback. Come here and let's do something. That's just that's that's the link. You cannot afford again to go cheap when it comes to protecting Carson Wentz. You can take all that Jamal Adams, all those hypothetical trade scenarios and get out of here. I don't need a fifth safety on this roster when you've dramatically improved the secondary that has been a disaster for years with Darius Slay. You've got Nicole Roby Coleman at corner. That there alone, those acquisitions are going to improve the play of your safeties. It's it's all it all it all comes together. Darius Slay's a lockdown corner. It's, this team hasn't had that in a decade. Nikel Roby Coleman's one of the best slot corners in the NFL. That there is going to improve the safety play because you have actual cornerbacks now. You don't have just dudes like Sidney Jones out there being fucking turnstiles. You know what I mean? So I think when I look at this Jamal Adams stuff, every day I'm hopping on social media. Every day it's something. Well, would you would you trade? What would you trade for Jamal Adams? Not a goddamn thing. That's just me personally. I'll wait till he hits free agency. If he does. And if he does, then we'll talk. But I'm not giving up assets when my quarterback's back there vulnerable without an all-pro guard to protect him. And again, you look at this offensive line, it's still Matt Pryor may not be the worst thing in the world when you do have a Lane Johnson, when you do have a Jason Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? But you also have Andre Dillard for the first time, who's going to be a full-time starter now at left tackle. So there's going to be kind of a, a, I don't want to say transition period, but you get what I'm saying? Like there's going to be, he's going to have to find his, you know, it's going to take him a couple games to hit his stride. He looked good the couple games he started for Jason Peters last year. But again, being a full-time starter in the NFL for the first time at left tackle, is a big deal. It alleviates some of that pressure if you bring in a Pro Bowl guard like Larry Warford, even a Ronald Leary, somebody. I just keep going back to Larry Warford because he's a three-time Pro Bowler. He's young. He's only been in the league, you know, six, seven years. To have already made Pro Bowls in half of his seasons is impressive, and he's just sitting out there. But you can't – this is still an offensive line that's cohesive. But you don't want you don't want a sieve either. Because an offensive line is only as good as his weakest link. You have to be five guys together with one heartbeat. That that is the most important, the most important position on the field outside of quarterback. If you look at just look at the Super Bowl year, that that I mean, I mean you have when you have an offensive line and all five guys are starting consistently, game after game after game together. You've got five guys on that offensive line with one heartbeat. You can't beat it. If you're an offensive line, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And I just think if if you're going to have a weakest link, I'd way rather it be a three-time pro bowler than a guy who was a six-round pick a couple years ago who hasn't done shit. That's just me. Use the six-round pick for what he should be at this point. He's only been in the organization for two years. Use him as the depth guy. Use him as the depth guy. Bring in Larry Warford. Somebody. You have to pay the price to protect Carson Wentz. Don't give me Jamal Adams. I don't give a shit. When it comes to protecting 11, that's all that matters. That is all that matters because as long as he is healthy, this team has a chance. He proved that last year. For everybody who wants to keep throwing Nick Foles around, as long as Carson Wentz is healthy, this team has a chance. It's in the conversation. The moment he's out, done. 
Done. Don't give me Jalen Hurts, the 53rd pick, the pick that shall remain nameless. Don't give me him. Do not give me Nate Sudfeld either. You really trust those guys to go out there and win you a Lombardi? I get Foles did it, but Foles was better than those two. Foles was experienced. As long as 11's healthy, this team has a chance. You have to do whatever the fuck is necessary to keep him upright. Bottom line. What do you think? Are you tired of seeing the Jamal Adams trade stuff all over your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere? Are you having nightmares about this shit like I am? And again, I'm not trying to downplay Jamal Adams. Love the guy. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Had I had the first overall pick a couple years ago in the draft instead of Miles Garrett, I would have probably taken Jamal Adams. I love Jamal Adams. That said, Miles Garrett was the pick, so I would have got that wrong, admittedly, but I'm just being honest. I'm not, this is not an anti-Jamal Adams thing. It's not. But when you lose somebody on your offensive line, everything else is irrelevant until you address that. And I'm just not comfortable with having Matt Pryor out there. And again, he could come in and step in. If that's if that's the route they go, fine. And he could do well. I'm hoping he does well. But when you have cap space, why not bring in the three-time Pro Bowler? Why? Why? What do you think? Hit me up on Instagram at Greasepole Podcast. Comment section. Uh, always, always welcome your uh, your opinions, your commentary. Subscribe, rate, and review to the Grease Paul Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, yeah, I, I, I. This has been for the last week has been driving me insane that we're talking hypothetical trade scenarios with a safety when an all pro all pro guard is out. When an all pro guard is out, I, I get you can't draft offensive linemen in your fantasy team, but they're kind of important. They're actually every bit as important as your quarterback. People, <laughs> just for the record. Way more important than bringing in safety number five, even if he is damn good. So, again, uh, appreciate you joining us, fathers. Uh, even if you're not a father, hope you enjoyed your weekend. Hope the beer was cold. Hope uh, whatever you ate this weekend was awesome. If you got fat like I did, um, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully it's not a uh, not a not too crazy of a week ahead like the rest. Of the Like every week has been recently in the last three months. They seem like they get crazier and crazier. Each week is one-upping each other. So buckle up. It should be a fun ride ahead. Looking forward to episode 11 next week. Uh, As long as nothing crazy happens, nobody else gets injured or tears their ACL out, it's episode 11 next week. It's going to be nothing but a love fest for Carson Wentz because episode 11 is the Wentz episode, so why not? So looking forward to doing that next week. Looking forward to uh, defending my guy against all the people that want to shit on him. Hope you guys enjoyed the Coy Detmer episode this week. Follow the show on Instagram at Greasepole Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you next week for the Carson Wentz episode. Go Birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another Greasepole night in Philly. 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 Philly.